Yay! Welcome to Heal This Fuck the Podcast. I'm Bree, and um, just a heads up that we're not sorry if there is outside noises you hear because we have windows open because it's nice out and it's either that or fan sound, so fuck it. Um, today, I'm here with a person in real life. Because they're my living and life partner, Daniel. Hello. Hi. Hola. Hello. <laughs> I'm here. I, I'm. Uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thanks. Finally. I mean, I've been waiting for so long. Fuck off. Um, you know you were on the list. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to jump right in. It's funny, I thought I was going to look at you more, but I'm just looking at myself in the camera. (laughs) (laughs) In my cute room. Okay, let's jump in. Please introduce yourself. Okay, Uh, my name is Daniel, uh, aka DD0. Uh, I am Bree's partner. Hello. I am also a Lincoln Heights uh, local... uh, punk rock, ADHD, fat clown boy. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Uh, and yeah, now here we are. Here we are. All right. So, you know, this is, oh, I forgot to say what this whole podcast is about. Do I want to start over? No, fuck it. We're just going to go go with it. If you don't already know this podcast, the purpose of it is to share healing stories uh, for visibility purposes, but also to share communal knowledge. So I guess with that, um, let's talk about your healing story. We know that healing can encompass so many aspects of life. Can you touch on some realms of healing that you've moved through in the past? Um, Well, let's see. Uh, Well, I've done uh, a lot of uh see i gotta remember because like i know that you know a lot of this stuff (laughs) but they don't know a lot of this stuff um so um actually like i would think maybe like healing is probably a little still kind of uh, a newer concept to me um because i mean i went through a lot of my own uh trauma kind of and just kind of was just like whatever and like didn't really think about doing any healing uh up until like a few years ago um and uh really for me it kind of came down to um it's come down pretty much to uh, therapy and getting on the right medication um a lot of uh media intake i'm a big like media person so like watching a lot of wrestling really helps me uh a lot of professional wrestling uh uh art and really just like trying to like strategize on like how to how to uh just better myself like trying to find ways that are going that are going to make me uh, less awful than I was, <laughs> which I think I've I've 
I've gotten less awful uh, over over time, and I'm still like uh, getting rid of like some of that awfulness. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing like um, what it is you are working like have worked on, whether it's like your diagnoses or the types of trauma you went through, like those specifics? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think my first time going to therapy, well, no, I guess. So I was diagnosed in about 10th or when I was 10 years old in about fourth grade uh, with uh, ADHD. And at the time I wasn't uh, like, nothing was really done about it. Like my parents were just like, oh, I'm going to, uh, we're just going to throw them in sports and just see. And that, that's what the doctor told them. Like, just basically put them in sports. It'll be, it'll be good for them. And I hated it. I hated it so much. Um, I liked hanging out with my friends, but I hated playing sports and I hated, uh, you know, cause I wanted to just be at home drawing and stuff. Um, and then in high school, I kind of started my rebellious phase of just like, fuck everything, fuck, you know, fuck the world and uh, just kind of doing whatever. And like, I went to therapy a little bit during that time, but I think I only went to like one or two sessions um, and it just didn't work out for me for whatever reason. And then um, it wasn't until about 2002. 10 uh when uh my actually it may have been even later well like what really started it off was my uncle victor dying uh he was an artist uh he was a queer artist from uh silver lake and uh when he died we were very close and when he died it was very like it was a big shot to me um and then just like a couple years later, my uncle Ray died and we weren't as close as my uncle Victor. Uh, but when my uncle Ray died, that's when I started. And uh, beyond that, I was also like unemployed. I wasn't working at the time. And um, when, when my uncle Ray died, I was, uh, I just started noticing like, just not feeling right. And I was listening to a podcast. I don't even remember what podcast it was at the time. And one of the hosts was talking about how they, um, about their depression and how they uh, were, and just the kind of things that, that they had to deal with. And I started thinking like, huh, this sounds like me. And then I also found out that that host also did have uh, ADHD too. So, um, so that's when I first started going to therapy like seriously. Um, and then I think, uh, uh, so I went, I did that for about maybe like a year and then um, I started feeling better and so I just kind of like, kind of put it on pause and was just like, well, I kind of reached my goal to get out of my depression. Uh, so let me like, I'll just take a break from it and I'll come back if I ever feel like I need it. And then 
in 2015, my grandma died. 2000, the beginning of 2016, uh, my grandpa died and I had moved in to, uh, with him uh, to, uh, I moved in to like help with, after like my grandma died. And so, and shortly after he just started declining and, and he died and, um, and then also like I got, uh, I was uh, also got cheated on by, by an ex and uh, that whole thing kind of like blew up and it was like, they were like kind of right after one right after another. And, um, and then, um, yeah, I kind of, uh, I wanted to go back into therapy, but I was just like, and it was just one of those things where I was like, I got to do this. I got to do this. And just never happened. And it wasn't really until, uh, I think we started talking and you were so much, um, you were a big mental health advocate. And really after I had went to therapy the first time I had actually told a lot of people, like, I think everybody should do this. Like I had just been like, everyone should do this, but I wasn't in it. Um, but I would just kept telling people like, yeah, I think it would be good if you went into this, but I wasn't doing it. And then when I met you, you were such a strong advocate for it. I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta kind of get back into it. And it still took me a while because, you know, with the ADHD, it kind of like comes with a lot of procrastination and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, cause, and it was also becoming just like more of an issue because of like, I started having, I think like probably more, um, more uh, like just depressive thoughts and just depressive uh, like little episodes, you know, and it was like, and it was affecting my, my ADHD, like specifically like my impulse control, my, my mood swings, my, uh, my emotional dysregulation, uh, my rejection sensitivity, and just like, and I was taking things like way too like personally from other people. And it was really like hindering the way I was working. And for the longest time, I was like against medication. I didn't, I didn't want to be on medication. I had heard a lot of bad things about ADHD medication. I was afraid it's going to, um, it was going to like take away my personality. Like I wasn't going to be the same person. So, uh, but then, uh, I had talked to you about it and, um, you kind of set me straight about the, about medication and just like how, and just like framed it differently than I had ever heard before. And I and it was like more like, uh, I think you were like, it's not like bad to like, if it helps you, it helps you and really like, you know, and if it, and if it doesn't work, then you just stop and you're the same place you've been for the past, you know, 30 years or whatever. And I was like, you know what, that makes sense. And you were like the first person to ever really talk to me about it and like really kind of like put that into perspective for me. And it still took me a while to get to get on it. It still took me like what I think like something like two years to get on it. Um, but then when I finally did, it was like it was like a whole like a whole new world pretty much opened up where I 
like, I'm still kind of like learning uh, how to function properly, uh, quote unquote, properly on medication. Uh, because like, I realized just how much of the ADHD kind of affected me and like, not, not just me, but like my personality and just like how I functioned overall and being on getting on, on medication kind of just helped help me kind of like start realizing who I am. I still am not completely sure of, you know, exactly who I am, but I'm getting more of a better idea because I think before as I was just kind of like, I felt like I was maybe just copying things that I've seen, things that I've encountered and just being like, just kind of nitpicking little things. And I think we, we do that. We all do that to a certain extent, but, um, but I think it was like, it was just like my personality and just like being like, and the, the, the impulsivity and like the, and everything was kind of like, I, I kind of got to the point where I was just like, well, this is just who I am. And just like, if you don't like it, well, too bad. And, uh, but not realizing like it was having like negative effects on, on me and on the, the people that I interacted with. And I really just, I hated that. I, once I, once I realized that I kind of just hated it and, and I hated myself for it. Um, and yeah. And so now like, I'm still like kind of learning to function on it and I'm, uh, learning how to kind of cope with it and just kind of not hate myself so much. Um, I'm not hate myself at all. I would say at this point, I don't like, I don't hate myself at, at all. Like I don't hate myself, but I did, but I also hated everything at a certain point. Like I fell into like the whole like nihilism thing where I was just like, everything's stupid. Everything's wrong. Everything, you know, and now I don't feel that way. And it's even it, that in itself is kind of weird to be in a space where you're like, oh, wait, I don't want to die all the time. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just see the world burn. I don't want to just, you know, um, I'm still like, I still deal with a lot of stuff around that, but it's not, it's not nearly as bad, you know, and I think my medication has really kind of curved that. Obviously, it's not a, it's not a miracle cure, but it's very close to, like, it's it's very close to just like, just softening the 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 sharp edges that were my my ADHD and just kind of like, and then the rest of it's all on me to like, to kind of just work on and uh, find like just different aspects and dealing with the, like the anxieties and the still like little depressive, like soft, like depressive episodes that I get, or just like, you know, even like the rejection stuff that I still deal with, with, and, um, but yeah, I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I kind of got lost there. There is honestly for not even just you or me, but for everyone, there's like so many, um, probably answers to the question. We were even talking yeah. about that last night. Like, yeah when it comes to like how, what we need to heal and how we move through healing, there's so much like there, we, we would spend the whole hour just trying to answer this question. Yeah. If we tried to 
get to everything, but I want to, um, I think I want to go back to your experience with um, losing so many family members. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for me, all my experiences with death have really like shaped my relationship to death and dying and Mm -hmm. grief and continues to Mm -hmm. as I continue to experience it and I'm wondering for you like what um especially because it was such a short amount of time right and you were so close with most of those people Mm -hmm. like what for you was the evolution of your relationship to death and grief before during and after those experiences oh god um I definitely think like over that, I guess it was just like, it wasn't even like six years like span. So like I lost four family members in a span of about five years. And it was my, was my and I had lost family members before. Um, like my uh, maternal grandmother died when I was about maybe like eight or so, um, you know, I, and I've had like, uh, you know, second aunt, second, you know, and different people that I wasn't really close to. Um, but I would say the first, the, the first big one was my uncle Victor. And he was probably one of the people that I was closest with. And um, that one, I remember I took very, very hard and, um, especially because in the years in, or yeah, cause he died of cancer and, but like he was sick for, for a while. And in the years kind of leading up to that, we had become like even closer um, where he was staying, you know, with my grandparents and, you know, I would, I would uh, come hang out with my grandparents and, and, uh, and he would be here and he would like, you know, have me shave his head when he was losing his hair from, you know, and just like seeing him in that state and just seeing him kind of wither away and being upset about it and not wanting me to, to even like really look at him, like take off his shirt while like, while I was shaving his head, like him be getting upset, um, really shook me. And I don't, and like, that's something that'll stay with me kind of like forever. And, uh, but I remember that taking that one very, very hard and just being really sad about it. But in it, like, because like we had so much time uh, with him, you know, as he was sick, like the, the grieving was also like partial relief, which I think that happens a lot with, uh, with people who lose family members to cancer. And um, yeah, and after that, um, I remember being sad, but I don't remember particularly being like, really like, bummed and like depressed or anything. It was really until my, um, my uncle Ray died and um his was sudden and it was i don't know if it was a stroke like the cause of death was officially like a uh acute intoxication of methadone because he was a former 
drug addict, uh, heroin user, gang member. And um, he, one day I just got a call that, you know, he was in the hospital. And then a few days later, he was gone. Um, and, uh, and it was just kind of like a shock because like, we knew like his health wasn't great. Um, but he was like, from what we could tell, he was in pretty good shape and, and stuff. But uh, yeah, he, um, so he passed. And then like, because all of us were at, uh, like my whole family was in at the hospital when, when he passed, we all got the stomach flu that same, like the day after he passed. So it was almost like we didn't really even get like a chance to, to really mourn because we were all like super sick. And then like we had his funeral and it was kind of like, and at the time it was kind of like, okay, well, we're doing this again. Um, we're doing this again. So, you know, and it was just kind of like, it almost felt like it was just like, like, I can't believe we're doing this again. Like it's, it was almost like annoying, but it was also like, you know, very, it was sad, but, and then like months later, I started feeling like really awful and I wasn't working. So I just at home kind of just on the computer all day, not didn't have motivation to do anything. And that's when I kind of realized like, oh, I'm depressed, you know, I'm super depressed and I having a really hard time um you know and then going to therapy helped that and then getting to uh and then once my grandma died that one was also kind of sudden but we knew it was going to be we knew what it was that killed her because she she had been diagnosed with an aneurysm in her heart years before and she was the most anxious person you know i i knew so, you know, they were like, you need to stay calm. You need to not be so, so anxious. And, um, but, you know, and eventually that's kind of what took her out. And I was literally like four in the morning, I got a call. Uh, I was living just down the street and I got a call. It was like, go to, go to your grandparents' house right now. And I was like, I got up and I ran and the, and the, the paramedics were already here. And my grand, my grandpa was here. And I just remember that time. I was just like numb. I remember being numb and like sitting in a chair in the living room and just like staring off into like the distance waiting for uh, waiting for them to take her basically. And, um, and that time I feel like my grandma was like one of my best friends. Like she her and I had a very like good relationship and we would kind of just talk to each other like like friends we would not bullshit each other and that one was was difficult in that um one of the last conversations we had with each other because we were so honest with each other like one of the the last conversations was kind of like an argument uh that we had with each other because she had said something mean to my sister that I didn't didn't like and I told her I told her so and it kind of turned into like a big big old thing and you know 
and uh and like not even a week later she died and i hadn't really even talked to her since then um and that was like really hard for me but you know and i talked to my mom about it i told her about it and she had she had talked to my my grandma about it and and was like you know and she she my grandma had told her what had happened and she was okay with it but she was always like you know this kid i can't believe he talked to me like that and but she also like respected it um you know so that one was hard but then i i kind of like got into like moving mode because i moved right in into the the house we're in now uh to stay with my grandpa because uh they had said they were going to leave me uh, the house and so i was like okay let me go in there let me help my grandpa out with whatever he needs and then you know and i could also start kind of familiarizing my house and i was thinking at the time you know like my grandpa was still pretty old at the time i was 27 he was 87 um and i was even thinking like oh like i still have a while like i was thinking i have maybe yeah maybe five years with him here not knowing that you know he was going to die like the next year and he ended up with cancer um and we didn't know we thought we found out like on november 1st that he had cancer we thought he had broken his back from a fall he had taken um but it turned out to be like the the x-ray showed a bunch of like uh cracks and stuff in like in his back and we thought like oh he had broken his back but it turns out they were lesions from cancer that had spread and basically by by uh new year yeah by new year's uh the next year 2016 he was gone um and during that time he i just i was just here watching him get sicker and sicker and like I felt like everyone expected me to do like so much more but like I couldn't handle it I like because this was like my grandpa this is like someone who like took care of me raised me like taught me like so much of like what I know and like would do anything for me and like you know to have to have to watch him go through that and like have to like take care of him i i had such a hard time doing it and i had to tell my family i can't do this on my own like i know it's hard for you guys but i can't do this it's and i had gotten like to the point where i just wanted to i wanted to run away um because i couldn't handle it it was too much and keep in mind also like i'm still like at this point i'm unmedicated i'm you know, dealing with all these like deep emotions. I'm watching my my grandfather kind of waste away to nothing, get sicker and sicker and not be able to eat, you know, and I did my part. Like, it's not like I didn't do anything. Um, and then again, like just when he finally went, it was, it was more relieving than anything. Um, and obviously like I was sad and, you know, and now, like dealing with death, I think it just, it's still sad and it still hurts, but it's not, I don't know. It's, 
it's not as hard to deal with, I guess. Um, because I feel like I've been there so many times where I'm like, okay, I know the, I know the procedure now. I know like, you know, kind of, and not like that every death is going to be, be the same because all of those were kind of pretty different. And, but, you know, just kind of like now how I handle it, it's not nearly as, you know, as hard as, as it was. And I, but I think it also like that whole situation kind of fed into like my whole like kind of nihilist thing for a while where it's just like, Oh, nothing matters. Like we're all going to die. We're all, all going to end up like that. So what does, what difference does it make? You know? Um, and even since then I've lost a few family members. Um, you know, I've lost family members on my mom's side. I've lost family members on my dad's side. Like, you know, and all of them, I like, I cared for. Um, but there, but then it just becomes like, okay, well, another one and it's kind of like it's weird because it, it almost like feels like like not that I like it's it's almost numbing but it's also it but it's not like because I still feel emotions towards it it's just I guess it's more like I'm a little desensitized to it at this point which I don't know if that's like the healthiest thing but you know it's just like death it's just part of it's part of life and it's part of, you know, and they, you know, they got their reward, you know, they're, they got their, their out, um, which I think is like also good because like, you know, being, you know, being human is, is very painful and, you know, just kind of being, getting out of it, not having to deal with, human pain, you know, the, the pain that comes with like a physical body, I think is like, is great. Like, and so like, part of me also like just celebrates that because like, it's not, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like necessarily like sad to like, it's not like a bad thing uh, to be, <laughs> it's not a bad thing to be dead, you know, because it's really like, it's, it's the people who are left that are, that are hurt by it. The people that, that die, they don't, they don't care anymore. You know, they're dead and, you know, they're not really concerned about earthly things anymore. Um, you know, and I take solace in that. I take, you know, um, you know, I just, I kind of almost look at it like it's someone who got out of prison. Like, it's like, oh, you're out. They got out. Good for them. You know, and I'm sorry. And it sucks that they had to go through, you know, the pain that they had to go through in order to get to that point. But now that it's over, it's kind of like, you know, it's like the end of Shawshank Redemption where he's, you know, he gets out of the prison and he's just standing in the rain, like washing all the shit off of him. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where my relationship with death is now. Um, what about currently, um, where's your focus these days in your personal healing? Well, um, right now I think it's more, I'm, I'm, 
now I'm back in therapy, um, getting, you know, trying to deal with like kind of more of uh, just kind of like the more like, I think nuanced things like the anxieties, the the little rejection uh, stuff that I get, um, you know, and just kind of dealing a little bit deeper with like more with more trauma that I've not like explored thoroughly that I actually wasn't even able to to grasp onto uh, without my medication that I just kind of like pushed off to the side and um, and yeah, just kind of using and like, you know, using my kind of like coping skills, you know, uh, watching wrestling, making art, doing, you know, uh, just kind of trying to keep my, myself busy. Um, and yeah, even like getting more spiritual, like has really been, been helping because I mean, before a lot of this, I, I think up and till like maybe like a few years ago, I was like stone cold atheist, like um, just being more, um, you know, I think that also was part of like my nihilism and just growing up going to, to Catholic school, you know, and that, that kind of like warm, like that wore me out on religion specifically but you know and then after that I was just like everything spiritual stupid <laughs> you know and it wasn't until like maybe a few years ago that I kind of got more into it and more into like my spiritual side and kind of recognizing that and I think that was something that was I felt like I was missing but I had a hard time kind of switching out of that Christianity kind of uh just the the way not even so much christianity but like catholicism specifically i think that really like fucked me up like catholicism it's uh you know a lot of it's based on guilt like you're never going to be good enough and that's a lot of what i'm you know i struggle with is like being good enough being you know and and it deals with a lot of shame so like i have a lot of shame around you know around certain things you know because you know jesus told me it's fucking shameful and you better not you know my teacher told me it was shameful you better not you know and i think that was also why i kind of went towards kind of more atheism and uh nihilism really just because i'm i was like you're not gonna tell me i'm gonna tell you and guess what none of it matters you know and that kind of led to like but when nothing matters, it kind of leads to self-destructive shit. Um, I think now like finding like a spiritual side that works for me, that, you know, um, that is kind of free flowing and kind of just kind of whatever you make it, it really, it really kind of just feels good. It feels like, it was a missing piece of the puzzle, even though I don't like, I'm not like a super strong practitioner or, you know, super, you know, I'm not like, I'm not in, in as, as deep as like, say you are with a, uh, you know, with like the witchcraft or like the tarot stuff, but I do like believe in it. I do like, uh, I do get into it when, when I do get into it. Um, but yeah, and that's kind of what I like about it, though, too, is that it's so, 
kind of free free flowing and just kind of whatever you make it and it's about like your intentions yeah I was actually like just gonna respond like there's no comparison like to me or to between anybody because it really is like what what you whatever you need whenever you need it you know what you make of it yeah do you mind sharing just because you you mentioned a couple of my things but like can you share specifically like what spirit spiritual practices or spiritual spirituality Mm -hmm. you are vibing with yeah um so like i'm i've been digging like the tarot stuff you know i do like i've been doing like my meditations which also really help um, when I remember to do them. Uh, the meditations help um, pull in a tarot card every so often, asking you for a tarot reading every so often. Um, even just like, I think like a lot of like spirit work, uh, ancestor work, I think really interests me, astrology. Um, interest me i've not like done like deep dives into them but they are things that interest me that i get into um herbalism is like a thing that that i'm that i'm into and really just like like a lot of like interdimensional like um kind of uh theories i guess around like the nature of the universe really interests me Um, you know, specifically ones that pertain to, uh, you know, the, the relationship between spirits and aliens and cryptids and all that kind of stuff. That's all, that all really kind of interests me. I don't know exactly where I stand on a lot of, a lot of it, because there's a lot of like different theories and different uh, schools of thought on it. I know what I believe specifically and the, the kind of things that I believe specifically. Um, and even then I'm not super, I'm not like a hundred percent. Yes, this is it. I, they're just theories. So like, I don't feel like the need to be like, you know, concrete. Yes, this is what I believe. This is how it is. And anything in between is wrong. You know, I don't, cause I don't know, you know, I don't really know. Like, you know, I believe in Bigfoot, but I'm not like, I'm not clear on exactly what it is. It could be, you know, extra dimensional being. It could be, you know, an alien, but the aliens could also be extra dimensional beings. It could be just an undiscovered species of wood ape. We don't know. And I don't know if we're ever going to know, but I think that that's part of the magic of the world is that there's so much just unknown and unexplored that we don't, even realize exists in, you know, in our plane of existence. Um, and I think that, that just having that kind of, a that, that wonder that almost like that almost childlike wonder of it and being, uh, I think that makes it special. That makes it worth, you know, I think it, it makes it just worth, you know, having it as a as an option because like you're getting like this kind of childlike wonder that wasn't that wasn't there like that like that kind of thing was not there for me um 
when I was in Catholic school. Like I didn't like telling me stories about like, you know, Jonah and the whale, like for me, like that never resonated, you know, like the, the Jesus stories never really resonated. They were just things, you know, they were just stories. And in Catholic school, you know, I had a lot of questions because we'd have like religion class right next to science class and things wouldn't add up for me. So I had a lot of questions and in Catholic school, they don't like you asking questions. Whereas like, I feel like things like witchcraft and, and, uh, you know, ufology and cryptozoology and, and, uh, and all this like other like spirituality stuff that, that I'm into, it's all questions. It's constantly asking questions and there's no answers. There's not really like a clear concrete answer. Some people think they have the answers, but they don't. And if anyone ever tells you that they have the fucking answers, they're a fucking liar. They're trying to sell you something. <laughs> yeah, I think you actually took the words kind of out of my mouth. I was going to uh, respond with like, it. I, I, I agree that it is that the wonder in it that takes it from like just an interest in the paranormal to like kind of a spiritual like um experience or like ideology like mm -hmm. i i too like um cherish the wonder in it and like yeah i would like to i would like to live in a world with aliens and bigfoot and so i i will continue <laughs> to yeah. to um you know incorporate that thought into my spiritual um self i know you kind of throughout some of uh, the things that have helped you have been trickled throughout the conversation, but um, whether you want to expand on like anything you already brought up and why, why you, why it's so important to you, or if there's anything new you would like to bring up, I'm going to ask you about specific strategies and resources that have helped you. And it could mm -hmm. be current stuff. It could be past stuff, but like specific. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely therapy. If like, I'm like, I don't care if you don't feel like you need it, you should go to therapy. <laughs> like I think everyone, and you know what? Little plug for, for you. Uh, Hilda's Fuck offers a, an awesome uh, therapy alternative in the fucking Empower Hour. And I think that's really fucking cool. Cause I think too, like therapy, like it's hard for people because like, I think there's still like a stigma and like we're getting better about it. I think there's still like a weird stigma around it, around, you know, mental health in general. And I think like the service you offer uh, is like super cool in the Empower Hour because it's really just like, it's it's like a conversation. As far as I know, like, you know, from, from what I know of it, it's just like a conversation and, you know, and really like it leads you to like, you know, figuring stuff out kind of for yourself, but also like just having a person there, just having a person there to like talk to about and just like, you know, talk. I think that helps. Like if you have somebody who's like, <clears throat> like just like a, a person with no bias to listen to you and like, just like hear you out. I think that's important. And I think that like, even if like, you know, you feel like you have 
people that that you trust and you talk to like that's cool but there are still things i know that you don't talk to that person about that bother you and you know and so i think just everyone should like you know get into therapy of some kind you know even if it's like you know group work you know group therapy whatever it may be uh, whatever works for you honestly because i know that there's different types of stuff different types of, of therapy that that do help people a lot hell i'm not even like even if it's like something like religion like you want to go like make confession at mass or something i'm not going to say like if that helps you that helps you um and like you know for me it was always um you know, it, it was always kind of like pro wrestling's always been there for me. Um, that's something that I've kind of stuck to. And I know a lot of people I can like, this isn't even out yet. I could hear people rolling their eyes at, <laughs> at that, but you know, it's true. And it's just something that makes me happy. Um, I think and you, you remember this. I want to tell the story of when I almost had a panic attack or I had a, a, a like an anxiety attack because I was thinking too much about bears. Oh, yeah. So we were watching uh, Drunk History, and there was these bears on um, on the screen, and Bree was like, oh, my God, they're so cute. And I got really upset because bears scare the shit out of me. They are very cute, and they and uh, but they're also – gigantic killing machines they have giant claws and they have um giant powerful jaws that can crush your face and um and i started thinking about it too much and i gave myself an anxiety attack and we had to to turn it off and and i just put on like a little wrestling thing like a little half like for like maybe half an hour and it pulled me right out of it um and it's done that for me several times where I'm just like, I just need to watch wrestling. Like, and it just kind of gets my mind off of it. And, you know, and if you have something like that, like I say, use it, use it as much as you can. And like, that's like, for me, that's like the, that's the power of pro wrestling for me is it just, it makes me happy. You know, it makes me, you know, and even if it's like, even if it's like just complaining about wrestling makes me happy, you know, cause there's no shortage of like, Oh, I, I can't believe they're doing this in the storyline or this, you know, whatever it's, but it's like your favorite show. Like, like, uh, you know, you're going to like times when, Oh, I don't like where this storyline's going or, you know, but you still have your favorite characters and you're like, I can't believe they're doing this to my favorite character, but I still love them. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I think like, so if you have something that that you really like enjoy and love and like are passionate about, you know, and I know like now like fandom rules fucking everything. So it's like, if you have something like that and it makes you feel good, stick with it. Don't let anyone like, don't let anyone tell you that like your shit is dumb or your shit is like lame because if you like it, you like it. And that's that's for you and that's not for anyone else. Um, because I got, you know, I'm sure there's a number of people that are like, oh, fucking wrestling's dumb or like it's fake or whatever. And like, I don't care because it makes me feel fucking great. Just watching it, seeing like this 
athletic show that's really like for fucking everybody. Like there, like if you are like there is something for everyone in pro wrestling. Not and I'm not just talking about WWE, I'm talking about all pro wrestling. You know, I'm talking about like New Japan, indie wrestling, you know, um Mexican wrestling, all of it. All of like they're all fucking great. And there's like something out there for everybody. And you know, and I think that's that's important. It's but you know, and just even like like things like that. So like if you're into something, if you're like super into like baking shows and they make they make you feel good, stick with it. Stick with it. Get deeper into it. You know, start your own podcast about it, whatever. Um, yeah, though that always helps talking about, you know, movies and you know, just kind of pop culture kind of has always helped me because it just it's an escape from from life, you know, and it just like it's also just like it's it's fun, you know. It's it's a lot. Of, it's fun, and it's like we need fun in our life, you know. And if honestly, if I didn't have pro wrestling, it probably like I probably would have been a lot worse off than I was if I didn't have something I was like I passionately love the way I do wrestling. I don't know, like I really don't know where I would be. I'm so glad you expanded on wrestling because I was going to ask that anyway, Um, especially because it's like, um, like we sort of share that in terms of like the functioning of the things that bring us joy. Mm -hmm. For you, it's for wrestling. For me, it's drag. And Mm -hmm. I can do the same thing with drag content when I'm like upset, stressed out, whatever. Like it totally brings me out. And I think it's like, just like you said, like the things that bring us joy should be prioritized just as much as everything else. Mm -hmm. But also like, I'm totally seeing more and more um, how there's like evidence for um, like watching the same things over and over again. And that being like a coping mechanism for anxiety and Mm -hmm. stress and stuff like that. Like there's a reason why we like the things we like because in one way or another it's comforting and like for me like I can absolutely re-watch the same drag things Mm -hmm. over and over again and still like enjoy it but there's also this component of it like very literally can like relieve stress and anxiety because it's something that you're familiar with so like not only is there familiarity but there's that like joy and passion too that I think probably boosts other things in the brain that help us feel better too you know I'm really glad you expanded on that I was gonna ask about that and as someone with, with ADHD like I'm constantly on like my brain is constantly on the search for like fucking serotonin because like my brain does not produce as much serotonin as like a neurotypical brain does so it's like you know a lot of times like that will like give me a big release of serotonin and make me fucking feel great and make and just you know so you know just kind of find what you what you love and just like stick with it mm-hmm. you know even if you like leave it for a little bit and you end up coming back to it eventually because if you love it, you love it, and you're gonna keep loving it, or you'll find a like an alternative version. Like for me, like if I didn't want, if I didn't like WWE anymore, I used to have a lot of other things to fall back on. You know, there's so much other wrestling content out there. Yeah, and I'm feeling compelled to share this real quick. In that, like, I've realized recently how important is it is to make sure that like 
I keep some things, especially things that like do like soothe me and bring me that kind of joy Mm -hmm. to kind of keep those things as that. Like I've, I very much have thought about um, doing drag myself Mm -hmm. and 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 then I think about how I'm a writer and and how the way writing works for me these days feels like a lot more like work. Mm. And and I'm realizing how important it is to have the things that I care about, or at least some things, at least a couple of things, like to not feel obligated to like monetize it. Right. Like, cause of course we want to like love the work we do and we want to like, many of us want to be paid for things we give a shit about, Mm. but it's just as important to have some things that don't have to be monetized. And that can just be something you get to enjoy and cherish. And I've, I've realized in the last, like maybe even just six months to a year that like, I would feel bad. Like, why don't I try to do that? And it's like, no, I, I'm not going to try to do that because I want to keep it in this special yeah. place for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. We're nearing the end. And um, next we've got the fun question. Okay. This is uh, so if you're joining us for the first time, every um, interview includes a question that the previous guest asks for the next person. So last episode we had my friend Doogie and Doogie's question is, money is no object. You can do absolutely anything you want. What does your perfect day look like? Okay, so I listened to to the episode. (laughs) I've been thinking about this because I was like, oh man, there's so so much options. So I'm gonna assume since money's no object, this is some sort of magical universe that we live in. So I'm gonna assume that energy is no, like I'm gonna have like, endless energy for this um so i would think wake up have a fucking bomb breakfast at um a diner i don't know i was thinking either uh nats and van eyes or um hungry fox mm. in uh where is it north, north hollywood. hollywood yeah hungry two Fo- of our favorites yeah and that was i will say part of my answer was a diner breakfast yeah <laughs> there's a reason we like oh, yeah, each other yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, we went to a diner on our first date. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so one of uh, one of those places have a bomb breakfast, um, and then the rest of the day, I would want to have. I I would want to have it like myself, but I don't want to do any of the work. So this is like because I want to watch and like be entertained, but I want to have like uh like a like a punk rock wrestling kind of show, like almost festival where it's like there's wrestling matches and in between the wrestling match or there's, there's bands playing and in between we have wrestling matches. Um, and I don't know what bands would play. I, I, yeah, I have, I didn't think about that, but I just would want like bands that I fucking like to play. And then like, just like, just even just like indie wrestlers do it doing it and that lasts to maybe about uh you know and then like also have it like kind of be a barbecue like we have like like different like just barbecue shits set up um and uh you know like taco man we got ribs we got all kinds of shit and then um and then uh come midnight 
do a Rocky Horror <laughs> um, midnight showing. Uh, shadow cast. Where is this all happening? Um, in the backyard. Okay. Here, here in the backyard. I was envisioning that, and it makes me laugh because um, I can already like see if we had set up a wrestling ring that like it would almost go to the top of the fence and I'm just like imagining like people being thrown over to the neighbor's yards and oh, shit. Yeah. or like the little kids next door like <laughs> peering over and getting caught up in yeah it. <laughs> yeah I would love that um that's so cute because I too uh in my answer said something about like having a like show bonfire thing in the mm-hmm. backyard we got some uh, work to do in that yard to make yeah. this happen <laughs> that's so cute um yeah unending energy would be necessary for all yeah <laughs> yeah because i'm like i'm like i might be like done after breakfast no for real even in my answer i was like fuck i need a nap after that like i don't know no since it's a fantasy question i'm yeah. assuming like no i have time like if money's no issue then nothing then, is an issue yeah yeah you answered it the right way whatever there's no right way all right last question what would you like to ask the next guest Oh shit, I forgot to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) I will have you all know the only question that Daniel prepared for was that question. (laughs) He did not give a fuck about knowing about any of the other questions. (laughs) No, I I only wanted, because I just thought the other one was like, that one's so in-depth, but I guess all of them are pretty in-depth, but it's like, I don't know, just that one was. (laughs) You're fine. Um, hmm. Okay. Um, if you could travel anywhere, uh, in the world, again, money's no issue. You could travel any place, even if you want to make it like, um, several, several stops, like, you know, and, uh, but you, and you're traveling, there's no, no pandemic or anything. If you're, you're traveling you, where where would you go if you like you're going on a world world tour what are what are the places you would stop and go um yeah i think for me it'd be um england ireland scotland all like the places that speak english that'd be uh easier for me um probably like uh like norway I'd want to see like Norway and like that kind of um, definitely want to maybe even Italy, Italy because food. Um, I don't, I feel like I would want to go to Africa, but I'm also like afraid to go to Africa. Um, Why? Because of the nature? Because of nature and just like, I know that there's, a lot of like war and stuff there there's a lot of like uh yeah but fantasy booking let's say everything's peaceful in africa i want to go someplace in africa somewhere in the whole continent i don't know exactly where because i don't know africa too much um maybe just south africa i don't know um and then like um japan uh australia New Zealand and uh, oh, probably like Brazil uh, and 
Argentina, and then finally like Mexico. But again, like in fantasy world, everything is like cool there. Like there's not like cartels like beheading people in the street or taking, you know, Americans hostage or anything like that. Um, you know, and then ideally also just everywhere I go, people spoke English well enough so that I can understand and they could understand me because I have a very hard time learning new languages. What an American thing. Hey. Make everybody speak English. Please. <laughs> I mean, just, just for me. I mean, they could speak all, all the languages they want, but I just, I need it. <laughs> um, my answer is probably similar in that I don't know that I could choose one place because I would just want to go everywhere. Then. Yeah. But um, if I have to pick one place, it's it's probably Japan only because I want to eat all the sushi and like learn, learn like the like right way to do it and shit. Yeah. I know we fuck it up over here. Um, but I also want to go to Korea. Yeah. Because I want to meet some Internet cats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the food's bomb there, too, but yeah. um I'm obsessed with these internet cats. Their original like YouTube name was Cream Heroes, but there's like three different channels now with them. And there's 10 of these cats that literally bring me joy on a daily basis. And I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna meet them. Yeah. <laughs> I go all the way to Korea I, to meet 10 cats. <laughs> I think I think definitely like Japan would be one of like my favorites because they got a, like they have the the kawaii culture. They like they have uh like great like just street fashion they have uh they love pro wrestling like pro wrestling in japan is huge uh anime i also i love the fuck out of some anime they got a bunch of like they're they're known for like also their toys uh godzilla is one of my favorite fucking things in the world so like there's and then like just I love Japanese food even like sumo wrestling I love fucking sumo wrestling and I think all of that like that's all in Japan and I was like I think that's like one of like my ideal place the only thing I'm not crazy about is I just know how small it is and you know being like a bigger person it's like I can't imagine squeezing into like one of these little like coffin hotel kind of deals um but I mean, you know, I'm sure we could find, you know, uh, places that are made for for fat folks and just like that are not like we're not going to be like crushed. <laughs> yeah. You know. <clears throat> OK, so it's the end now. Um, where would you like people to find you? Is there anything you want to tell people about? Um, well, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am at DD zero. It's the letter D, the letter D underscore, uh, the word zero, but the O is the number zero. That makes sense. Um, so if you want to follow me there, I post like a bunch of cartoons and stuff that I like wrestling and anime and cute things and spooky things and all that so if you want to check those out you can follow me there and uh 
yeah, and just like take advantage of the Hilda's fuck services because they're like really cool. Like, I'm not just saying this because like you're my partner. Like, I legit think like all of this shit is so fucking cool and like everything that you're doing is like really dope. And I think more people need to know about it and more people need to take advantage of these these services that you're offering because they're crazy affordable and they're like super duper helpful. Um, and yeah, so just check out like the website, even just like, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably have seen the website or, you know, you've, but just check out more of the services and fucking get into them. Yay. So. That might've been my first testimonial. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, anybody like Daniel just said, healed as fuck is much more than a podcast. I offer sliding scale services um, for emotional support and spiritual support. A lot of people seem very excited by my Uno tarot readings, but there's much, much more. Um, you could find out more about what I do at healedaf.org. Follow on the internet at healedaf. And um, now we say bye. Bye. Bye.